Welcome back to the No Clue Podcast, episode 119. We have returned. We are back. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Mike. I'm Tyler. Welcome. Uh, where you want to start today, sports-wise? Uh, let's start basketball. Let's, uh, the biggest news in the last week or so, uh, Udonis Haslam re-signing to Miami. <laughs> For real? Yeah, yeah, that's real. Why? Oh, he wants that ring. Uh, one more chance at a ring. Yeah, I mean it's a veterans minimum. He he clearly has a presence there. Yeah. Uh, so I I, I could see it. It's a good move. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean he'll probably uh easily transition into uh um assistant coach Jawan Howard yeah, style. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yep. But I was totally kidding. That's not the biggest news. <laughs> the Brody. Uh, we have a franchise imploding as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. You remember we debated when, when they got Russ, uh, we kind of had a debate of like how long it would go on, how successful it would be. Yeah. Uh, and like, I doubted they would have like winning success. Mm-hmm. But I thought they would play together for a, a significant amount of time. Okay. And shockingly, that seems to not be the case. Yeah. Um, yeah. Demanding a trade. I mean, he hasn't given a list of teams that he prefers yet, right? Yeah. Seems like Houston is going to make that move, but Russell Westbrook... Seemingly will not be a rocket this season. Yeah, man, and uh, I, I hate to start off, but all, all eyes point to the Knicks. Unfortunately, well, I mean, I called it last year. It, he, I said he's going to be a Nick eventually. I don't know when. <laughs> I don't know how. It. But it's coming somehow. It it's just crazy to me. How all of a sudden, like, there's no shot he demands a trade unless he has a problem with James Harden. Yeah, and that is a problem in itself because you, the way the team is set up, the only problem you can have is with James Harden. Yes. Because there's nothing else to the team. There's (laughs) nothing else special about the team. The coach is gone. They have a new coach. You know, yeah. it's not like it's anything, uh, you know, any other problems with the team. Great city, great fans. It's it's Harden. Everything re- revolves around Harden. They just lost their GM, um, who, you know. Who stepped down, by the way. Uh-huh. Like, how often does that happen? Uh, rarely. D'Antoni's yeah. another guy who, I believe he was the one who, like, kind of left. Yes. Yes. He uh, announced that he would not be returning that. I mean, it, it wouldn't make sense for Maury to fi- uh, fire him and then leave the franchise. Right. <laughs> that would be really sick to do that. <laughs> it's just crazy to me how they're... I mean, we've talked about it. Like, I don't want to say we were right all along uh, to question James Harden. Mm-hmm. But to, to see Westbrook, I mean... 
the complaint supposedly prior to him officially demanding a trade, uh, which we don't know if he's officially done yet. Right. But the the complaint was his role. Right. And I thought he was kind of, he didn't really fit the team, but he played to kind of what he could do. Mm, okay. Where it's just kind of random aggression where when you get the ball, we're playing through you or you're getting these fast drives. Yeah. And I'm not going to – I've talked enough about how awful he was in the playoffs. Yeah. But to me, it it shocks me that he's the one who has problems. Why is that? Because it just shows – like it just proves that it it's Harden is the, the reason why this franchise can't – like can't achieve sustained success. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. And – Honestly, man, it proves my point that Harden's a loser. Absolutely. And honestly, the way I'm thinking about it, unless he's enough of an asshole to, like, assign blame to specific guys, which I don't think he is, but where he seems to be the kind of guy who every franchise, every year they lose or they win, they kind of get together and they figure out the next steps. Mm Mm-hmm. Where it's the coaches talking to the, the star players, coaches figuring out with management what's going to happen, and I think Houston wants to wants for Harden to care about that, mm-hmm. and he doesn't. Mm, okay. I mean, to me, I just don't understand how all of a sudden it's not just Russ who has the problem; it's like half of your main role players. Right. Like we talked about the coach. Who was who stood by you, stood by you, stood by you for years? Now says, you know, I want to go somewhere else. Yeah. The general manager who stood by you, stood by you, stood by you. He's gone. Yeah. And Russell Westbrook, who's whoever we, we all thought y'all were boys, y'all could play together because y'all liked each other. Now that's out the window. Right. I mean, it's just it blows my mind how fast. It imploded. You know what this looks like and sounds like to me, um, and I'm I'm saying this because I've been in this situation. Sometimes, the star player, you know, in in practice, the best player may be on one scrimmage team, maybe the starters, maybe the coach puts the best player with the second or third string and lets the rest of the starters play on the same team. This looks like a situation where. Westbrook and the rest of the starters worked Harden's team every practice. <laughs> but yet in the game, no one else got the ball but Harden and Westbrook, you know, on occasion. And we, we talked about it in the season. It looked, I, I said it a couple of times, it looked like Westbrook is just like like Terrence Ross out there or something. Like yeah. he's just an athletic role player that happens to score a lot of points. Um, but... I I I think we both noticed. Uh, I mean, you say that you thought they would play together for a long time, but you're not surprised by this, right? I'm not. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, neither one of us are really surprised, and partially it is because we neither one of us had that much faith in them being who they are, yes. who they were last year before this past season together. That's the thing. 
And I think that, and you mentioned the um, start of the year or end of the season goals for the next season. Harden seemed like one of the guys, one of the players where the GM, the coach, everything was a if with Harden. If Harden does this, if, you know, if James yes. can figure out this, yes. if we can do this, if we can go small ball and James, you do this. It, the best players is there is no ifs. I mean, I shouldn't say best players. The best players to play with, there is no ifs. There's conviction in the confidence that your uh, front office and your team and your coaching staff has in you. I don't see that in Harden. I think that's, like you said, it's part of the reason we see the coach exit, the GM exit. It's a, it's a lack of confidence somewhere. A lack of confidence of... In the only variable that has been consistent for Houston. Exactly. And lacking confidence in the variable that, in that variable adjusting, that's the issue. Because think about it, we come, we can come on here all the time. LeBron has played with more Hall of Famers than any player in history, probably, right? Yeah. There was never a conversation about if LeBron and so and so can play together. Never. Never. I mean, even Kobe never had that either. He didn't play with. The caliber of talent, but no one said if Kobe can figure out how to play with somebody. And I know I'm talking about, you know, probably the two out of the top three best players to ever play, but it goes, I mean, it's shorter down the line. Who ever said if Jimmy Butler can play with somebody? Yeah, it just to me, to me, this kind of exposes how some of these organizations are just held hostage by their star players. Yeah. Uh, I honestly think, uh, not saying it will happen like this, but Milwaukee is in a position to be in this situation. Yeah, they are. Where if Giannis commits, now all the pressure is to satisfy Giannis. Right. And we've seen that in Houston. How, how long can you blame everything around the star player when the star player is not playing up to expectations. Right. Like Harden shows us all year that it shouldn't matter how people around him play. He could go get a bucket. Yeah. But then when in the playoffs, he can't do that in Houston struggles and they act like there's no correlation there. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand because honestly, what organization would allow a guy like Austin Rivers to have a role problem? <laughs> I mean, are you right. serious? Daniel House? The same Daniel House who got kicked out the bubble? Yeah. Come on, man. That That is, to me, there's no leadership. There's no accountability. And it starts with your best player. It does. Yep. I just, I'm, it's shocking to me because I don't know how they salvaged this. Uh, they salvaged it by trading Harden. I would bring, I would bring the four guys, four other guys with issues in the office and say, look, will you guys stay if I trade James? We're going to get a King's ransom for him. I mean, there's granted we're not the only two people who see that James Harden is hard to play with, right? Obviously, the NBA executives know that. Yes. But some NBA executives will willing 
would be willing to do it. Knicks probably would do it, unfortunately. But if, Orlando, if Harden, I think I would be excited if Harden doesn't have to be my centerpiece. Right. I, I agree with that. But I'm saying the, the only teams who would trade for Harden, he would have to be their centerpiece because they'd have to give up everything else they have. Yeah, that's a good point. So I'm. I would say, well, look, guys, I I'll take the four of you and whoever I get for Harden over just having him and no one else here. I, I mean, think about that. I mean, that that's the obvious solution that they can't commit to. It's ballsy and it's expensive. So they obviously, you know, Maury would have done it if if it was easy. You know. Yeah. I... Um, it's so, tough, man. Both of these guys have, like, Harden and Russ have put themselves in this awful position, to be honest. Yeah. Because it's like they're, they're top-tier talent, but there's, like, a weird, there's, like, a weird undertone to, like, n- nobody really wants them. Uh, look at Paul George. He was an MVP candidate last year. Third in votes, I believe. Yes. Second in Defensive Player of the Year votes. And he asked to leave. <laughs> Think about that. Westbrook was still getting his averages, still averaging a triple double, or you know, very close. Paul George had the, his career year and With asked Mello to leave. There. Yeah, well, well, half the year, and asked to leave, and then now what? And then you know, it, it's just I I think that's huge when you have your career year with me. And you asked to leave me. To play with someone you've never played with. So, I mean, and obviously it's not the first time someone has abandoned Westbrook. We all know that one. But we're talking about someone else who doesn't, you know, who has their own set of ethics. No, No offense to Durant, but Durant and Paul George probably aren't the same kind of guy when it comes to who they want to play with. But, um... I, I mean, like you said, they've put themselves in this position where I think other guys are hesitant if they can deal with it. Um, and they they force themselves into a centerpiece role where they, you know, they're supposed to be point guards. Supposed to be the easiest, easiest role to, you know, fit into your team. Yeah, man. I, I just think I, Houston is in such a bad spot right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that, like, a lot of these the scrubs on the team have problems with the roles. And the one guy who has kind of been your emotional leader in PJ Tucker has contract problems with you. Like yeah. I don't understand. You're willing to take these big contracts with guys who we clearly can't rely on, but PJ Tucker, who's been your most reliable player for the last five years, you don't want to give him a little bit of extra money. Yeah. Even though he's a guy who's going to fit your team regardless of how you structure it. And look at look at this. Eric Gordon has role issues and the new it's a new coach. How can you have role issues when you haven't even played for the coach yet? How can you have role issues when when you've like thrived in what you've been doing in Houston? Yeah. I mean Eric Gordon has gotten to play to his strengths. He's hurt all the time, so Houston said, we're not going to play you that much. You're going to be a sixth man. And he plays great. He's been We're going to manage man your minutes every year. 
you you come in, you shoot whatever you want, attack every time you touch it. Yeah. And he has a role problem. And he even started a lot of times this year. Right. But but like I said, even if even with all that, him having the role problem, it's a brand new coaching staff. Like, how do you have the role problem in the off season? I did. That's that's what to me. I I honestly think they're looking for a way out or a way to like uproot what's going on. I, that's obviously it. I mean, it's obviously the uprooting because, like I said, just no. It doesn't make any sense to have a role problem in the off season with a transition of coach and GM. And then you all of a sudden, you know, I really hate playing six man, even though. Just go tell the new coach that. Why are you telling, you know, why is that a, a media thing? Austin Rivers too. And Daniel House, all of them. Yeah, man. How does that come out before you even go to workouts? That's when you say, look, coach, you know, D'Antoni had me coming off the bench. I hate that. I could, I could start on this team. And then let the coaches decide, let the GMs decide, the new GM. All I'm saying is that is obviously not the real issue. If that's what, you know, if they come out, like I said, off season, it's just weird. Um, I kind of want the Knicks to get Westbrook because I want everyone on the Knicks gone. <laughs> I want them to trade everybody. That's why I want is them to trade. Is there anybody you want them to keep? I want them to keep Mitchell Robinson. That's it. That's it. I'll Barrett keep Barrett. Go. I'll keep Barrett, but if he goes, he goes. I'm not worried about him leaving. <laughs> I don't think Barrett has that, you know, based off what I'm, I've seen, I don't see Barrett having that bright of a future. Nothing crazy. Yeah. But yeah, trade him. I want Robinson. I, I love Mitchell Robinson's game. Great shot blocker already. Alley-oop finishes. You know, I like to keep Randall, but... Randall makes too much money for me. Let him go. Because it, it blank slate. This is exactly... I, I think it's a good ma- a fit for Russ and the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, some excitement in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, if man, he that, plays I'll with take someone. that. You, you know, I... I can't stress enough how much I hated how Westbrook played this season. Not skill-wise. It just looked... It just looked bad. He took terrible shots... He didn't look explosive. I even looked up his highlights, and his highlights don't even hit the same. Like the crowd didn't want him, wasn't even excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it became more and more of just like him being hyped. Yeah, so that it it felt it just was weird because he, because even though I hated it, he still averaged twenty eight eight and eight or something like that. All right. And he still had a bunch of nice dunks and the same kind of moves, but maybe because he did it so, um, so much less often, it it just it looked wrong. It, it didn't look right to me. I don't know. I'm, I might be tripping, but you know what I hated? I hated that when, when Westbrook was at his best, which was obviously a lot less than Harden. Yeah, it looked like Houston had more of a ceiling. Uh, than they did when Harden was at his best. What What do you mean, like? Like when Westbrook was kind of running sh- the show for them. Yeah. They looked like they were like faster. They were more cohesive as a team. 
There's more oh, okay. more ball movement. Even even with Russell Westbrook running the show, there was more ball movement than there is with James Harden. Yeah, yeah. Like that to me is just, I mean, it, it's mind blowing, honestly. Yeah, it is. And I mean, they're a team that should be playing fast, and obviously Harden takes eight seconds per possession every every time he touches it. So, I mean, Harden's in a spot now where. To me, this is this upcoming year is going to be the biggest of his career. Because mm-hmm. it's his, I think it's his last chance to prove to people that he's not just like a toxic, selfish, elite scorer. Mm-hmm. If he can make, if he can make the Rockets competitive, and maybe even sneak into like a first round, you know, home court advantage kind of thing. Yeah, I think he could at least prove to people that he is a competitor. Because mm-hmm. I, I question whether he even competes to win. Yeah. Uh, so to me, he's he's got a ton to prove this upcoming season. Yeah, he does. He does. All right. Um, second, wild news. Victor Oladivo. Yeah, man. I, this, Asking this is... teams if he... Can I come play with y'all? And his statement, like denying it, yeah, it just it, it felt like a statement. Yeah, especially since I mean, outside of him, den- him of this situation, there's already been trade talks all season. Right. It's all second half of the season. It's not like all of a sudden this came out, and I mean they've been talking about him leaving for a while. The Raptors, the Heat, and the Knicks are the teams he got caught doing it on. I mean, he could have did it to a lot more teams. Yeah, he probably did. Right. You know, he, you know, damn sure he said that shit to LeBron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he's a guy who's willing to go to the bad teams and say, "Come trade for me," he's definitely going to like the Warriors. Like, yo, I'll, I'll rock with with Clay and Steph, yo. Yeah. For sure, for sure. <laughs> it just to me, man. This this is a bad sign. Yep. This is a bad sign because this is again, like how similar to the, the same thing I was saying for Eric Gordon. You you peaked here. Yeah. Like, dude, you were an All NBA play. You you made an All Star team here. People were questioning if you were a starter when you were on OKC. Yep. You come to Indiana and you look elite. You look like a top tier player a lot of the time. Yeah. You get hurt off of a freak accident. As far as I could tell, they didn't rush him to come back. No, they didn't. Uh, and now he, it looks like he fucking hates Indiana. <laughs> yeah, and like, you you know he asked the Wizards because he's he's from <laughs> Silver Spring. Yeah. You you know he thought about coming home. Yeah, man. I just it's crazy to be like what is the logic there? I don't know, Again, man. they just got a new coach. If it was a coaching issue, I don't understand why I don't know. Another man. one of those, yeah. Like this really just blows my mind how these guys have issues even though they're like being catered to to succeed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the Pacers pretty much did opened everything up for him 
you know, to build around him for the future. Yeah, man. And and even when the trade talks have come out, like they've been lenient as far as like the options available. Yeah. They're not doing him dirty as far as just sending him off wherever. Yeah, as far as as far as we know, yeah. So I don't know, man. I, I don't know what the disconnect is there, but for him, if he's really doing that shit, which I'm fairly certain he is, it it's it, it makes it a lot tougher for me to like want for him to go somewhere. Right. Because now I don't want him going to Dallas. Right. I don't really want him on like a Milwaukee. Right. You know he asked Dame if they can make some tracks together. <laughs> yeah, he was dude, he was dreaming of all the team ups. <laughs> yeah. D book, are you kidding me? Yeah. D book, sure. we'll make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just it's crazy to me like coming out of this Houston thing, I I'm a I'm coming back to a lot more guys who I trust their character. Yeah. And a story like this makes me not trust his character. Yeah. It makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, he he also played with uh Grant and Quinn Cook at Dematha. So, they went to high school together, so he probably that was his Lakers in. Yo <laughs> Quinn, man, you know what's up with this? Uh Clippers, you know he said, "Yo, playoff P, come out. I'm here." Yeah, send playoff P back home to Indiana. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, don't worry, Kawhi. I'll pass you the ball. <laughs> I'm, dude. I'm excited for free agency. I can't lie. I am too. I hope this one is crazy because every time they tell us it's crazy, it's not. Yeah. Last year was probably the craziest. Last year was like the most moves, but none of them were like that crazy. Other than, I think Paul George was probably the craziest one last year. The rest of them were like, you know, we kind of knew something was happening and just confirmed. I mean, Russ Russ was a surprise. Yeah, Russ was a surprise. Yeah, it was. It was. It was, definitely. Turned out. Interesting how that turned out. (laughs) Yeah. Not a lot of surprises turn out well, though. Rarely, right. other than Durant. Um, let's see what what else we got. I mean, DC's getting excited about John Wall, man. <laughs> like I said, I've seen the I've seen the open gyms. I don't like it. <laughs> I haven't seen anything special in the open gyms. I, I'm curious to see who we draft. Yeah, uh, we got I, like I an too. interesting. We have a pick that's good enough to find a missing piece for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and DC is very hit or miss with uh, like mid-round picks. Mostly miss, yeah. A lot of misses, yes. Shooting percentage is not good. Right. Uh, but, you know, we have hit with some like Oubre. And, yeah. and didn't keep him for God knows why. But, yeah. Yeah. We'll see what they do. Yeah, Porter was a slight miss for me. Yeah, Porter was Porter like was a in and out. Win. Yeah. Um, you know, I I would if I was them, I would trade the pick, but um, it's just tough. 
they'd have to trade the pick and somebody else because yeah i mean i don't know i hope they go for a wing personally uh-huh because i think they des they're desperately missing like wing productivity and this is if bradley stays right yes okay uh yeah they are missing wing depth but i wouldn't sure. be mad if they got the either the usc guy or or one of the bigs who's been getting a lot of hype mm-hmm. uh maybe not a lot of hype but like a big who could contribute right off the bat kind of like Rui did yeah i'd like to see what they do with him in the future development wise yeah, I mean the draft is kind of is going to be completely unexpected as far as who gets picked where. Yeah, Lamelo did his first workouts. I think um, uh, what's the kid's name from Georgia again? Andrew um, Edwards. Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Yeah, Anthony. He did his workouts. I think. Uh, so, you know, it is going to be interesting. Wiseman's I'm kinda, the only I'm one. I'm kind of hoping, man. I- the more I think about the Warriors, the more I hope they just take Wiseman mm-hmm. uh, and, and kind of run it back with, with who they got right now. Because mm-hmm. I, I think they can make Wiggins work. I think they can make Wiggins work, too. I, I don't want them to take Wiseman, but I do think they can make Wiggins work. The only reason why I don't know if Wiseman is a good choice is because, to me, they're like definitely at win now, for, I think. And I don't know, I mean, Wiseman looks good, but I don't think Wiseman is like a championship center. And I don't know where else they're going to get one. Yeah, that, but that's my thing is if they can't get one. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind giving Wiseman a chance. Yeah, if they can't get one through trade for sure. Yeah, they, I think they should. They almost have to go with Wiseman. And I think they have enough versatility with, uh, with guys like uh, Pascal Yep. And even guys like Looney, who like who aren't really good. Well, Pascal looks pretty good, but like Looney isn't really a good player. Mm-hmm. But he fits well there. Yeah, like uh, a Joel Anthony. <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, and it's weird because, like, because they shoot so well, or I have an idea that they could shoot so well. Yeah, uh, I think they could overcome maybe the size issues. Mm-hmm. But I mean. The problem is you got to play the Lakers, so right. I don't know, but I wouldn't be concerned about the Lakers during the season since they just finished the year like a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. The, you know the Warriors are going to have to. I mean, I hope their bench gets as nice as they their potential looks like. That's another. That's another like shot that we don't know if that's gone in yet or not. Right, because I mean, pool. Looks pretty good. Um, da- uh, Damian Lee was playing great last season, but you know I don't know what's going on there. Like you said, Pascal looked good, but will these guys be able to look good in a short amount of time? And that's one thing a lot of basketball basketball fans don't understand. Playing forty minutes and looking good is a lot easier than yes. coming in for three minutes and being good because you only get five shots you know maybe 10 max in a game opposed to maybe getting up 20 you can get that decent percentage you know 
Especially yeah. for someone like Pascal. If he comes in for five minutes, what is his stats going to look like? Yeah, you but I, I have more faith in the Warriors being able to do that well than most other teams, to be honest. Oh, I do too, because they're, when they're healthy, they're never alone. No one's ever alone out there. Right. That's one thing that is good about them. Um, because their starting five is so elite, every five they put out there is good. Yeah. Because <laughs> they have somebody elite out there. And and with Wiggins, I think it is good now that they will have another go-to guy in a way. He's not a, you know, all-star go-to guy, but he's still a second-tier go-to guy, I think. Yeah, and they could, uh, again, this is kind of my perfect world of it, mm-hmm. but I, I think they could use Wiggins like they used to use Barnes. Mm-hmm. Where... Yeah. Like the the just the spot up shots maybe aren't aren't that common for him, but you yeah. do play through him from time to time to just keep him engaged in the game. Yeah, and I think Wiggins could do that significantly better than like Barnes was able to. Oh yeah, yeah. Wiggins is still a, you know, I think he's probably a top twenty five mismatch in the league. Yeah, I mean he's dude, he's a committed defensive year away from being a top 25 player yeah i I mean i'm not mad at that you know even if obviously with the warriors he won't be putting up anything close to what he did at times in minnesota yeah uh but you know i'm not mad at that but his percentage should be better yes um and he's a great cutter quality of shots should be much better as well yeah great on the break you know, I, I also I do like him on the break with them because it gives him someone who will still go to the basket <laughs> on the break. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, and Durant did sometimes, but with Durant, it was like Draymond was a rim runner and no one else went to the paint on the breaks. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think I think that's something Wiggins going to the paint on the break is you know you. If you're too far under the basket, you could forget about it. Yeah. So I'm excited, man. They got a lot of potential. They do. A lot of they ways do. they can make it work. Um, you want to talk about the <laughs> the trade the, the Lakers are trying to make? Oh, the DeRozan thing. Yeah. I don't honestly. I mean, <laughs> what is that nonsense? Kuzma and Danny Green have been offered for DeRozan already. It's already like a package. Like the package is done, I guess. Who offered this? <laughs> LeBron. He saw what Danny did. and no, sh- no shot LeBron looked at DeRozan like, yeah, that's the third guy we need. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why would the Lakers think they need anything? That's they what just I'm saying. Won. Yeah, I understand. I understand they have to deal with KCP is going to want a, a big deal, a big contract. Nonsense. And we can't break the bank for that. He was great, but you know, you got to go. Mm-hmm. We're not the KCP's overpaying. not in the deal. No, but I'm saying their oh, only problems. Their only problem is retaining kind of the the core that they have. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we know everybody outside of LeBron and AD are replaceable. Maybe not Rondo, 
Yeah. Uh, maybe not what Rondo did. Right. But everybody else could be easily replaceable. Literally everybody else. Yeah. I mean, I mean, how many guards are out there ready to just play play hard D and cut and just pass it to LeBron? <laughs> everybody. <laughs> Del Vadova would do anything for a shot to come back. Uh, like, almost every guard in the league could thrive doing that. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of, how many guards are out there just, look, I'm, if I'm open, I'll shoot it. I'll hit them. Yeah. I just, to me, I don't understand why they're trying to make like a blockbuster move. And that would be a blockbuster move. For a guy, for a guy who every time I, he's paired up with anybody, I question how that dynamic is going to look like. DeRozan? Yes. I know. It, I don't know why. I don't know why his agent <laughs> puts him with like the weirdest pairings or like in the weirdest situations because I mean I guess that wasn't his agent that did the Spurs it was really the um Raptors but like him and Aldridge are the same player at different positions <laughs> I mean it's, it's like it's just weird uh, it's just crazy to me, like, all these Toronto players, it seemed like they flourished once DeRozan left. Yeah. Uh, in San Antonio, he to me, he's actually, like, gotten significantly better at creating for other guys. Yeah. But he's still, if he's not the primary ball handler, he's out there for no reason. Yeah. And you want to pair that up with LeBron? Who is always the primary ball handler? If if LeBron really, maybe if LeBron really is planning like check out the first half of the season, yeah. I mean, it in hindsight, if LeBron said, "I'll back away from being like the full time point guard, so DeRozan could be involved," yeah, I think that could be insane. I do too. But is that gonna happen? No. No, LeBron will just play as little defense as he has to. So he could carry the offense. And also, like you said, with Rondo, I mean, Rondo is an assist guy. You don't get assists passing it to DeRozan. <laughs> I mean, he's taking, you know, and I, I can't love think of a worse combination of player and team than DeRozan to the Lakers. Yeah, I, dude, because I'd rather Russ go to the goddamn Lakers. I'd rather DeRozan get traded for PG. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. If he wants to go to LA so bad, at least exactly. make a, a move that made a little bit of sense. This is just mind blowing to me. Yeah, um, I don't mind that they're shopping Danny Green and Kuzma. I wouldn't be as quick to shop them for something random like this. <laughs> yeah, uh, but. I this think Denver Oladipo it. is better than DeRozan. 100%. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the DeRozan thing is going to be. Uh, I don't know what. I don't know if DeRozan, like, is he seriously having problems in San Antonio? Like, what is the problem? I don't think he has. I haven't heard him complain about San Antonio at all. Right. I, I, I really want him to come back and run it back with that team. I want them to trade Aldridge. Yeah. That's I mean they basically played the whole season. I get rid of him at this point. Yeah, they basically played the whole season with him, and they were still in the playoff race. 
and you know competitive in it. Yeah, and he's like an anchor. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and he's he's someone who's. I mean, he's tried to leave every team he's ever been on. <laughs> yeah, like, it seems like he's been trying to leave San Antonio for like four years. Right. Every season, he finds you know you hear something about Aldridge trying to leave. Even on Portland, it was like two or three years yeah. coming before he left. Um, real quick, another another possible trade is the Celtics looking to package picks for Drew Holiday. Yes. And, and I gotta say, man, the the whole Drew for Kemba straight up idea, uh, uh-huh. might be exactly what they need. Okay, let's talk about it. I'm trying to think where I want to start. Obviously, Kemba going to New Orleans is weird. Very. Uh, but but Kemba just doesn't fit what Boston needs mhm as a player yes right and and it's the problem is all season we've kind of we've hesitated from kind of zeroing in on him as being an issue for them yeah uh because it just seems like a lot like it's Tatum is kind of weird at times i think Smart is like their best player at this point too often there's, there's no one issue with them. I mean, they're not a one-issue team. Yeah, and Kemba yeah. doesn't look like the issue every time you watch them. No, he doesn't. Rarely. But I, I think... I just think Drew Holiday is more of a of the type of scorer that they need. Mm-hmm. It's honestly, it's purely a, like a style fit for me. Yeah. Uh, and one thing, like you made a good point that obviously Holiday isn't the leader that Kemba is, right? But then you countered it yourself well by saying, you know, they don't use Kemba's leadership, <laughs> not at all. So if you're not going to use what to me is his top three attributes, right? I don't mind getting rid of him for a player who could substitute a lot of his production. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's kind of how I feel about it. I don't know. What do you think? I, I think it is going to come to direction for them. Where are they trying to go? Are they keeping Tatum and Brown? Are they doing that, you know, for, double forward thing? Is Tatum going to be the go-to guy? Because if he is, definitely get Drew Holiday. If they're doing what, they're, what they did last season, whereas Tatum and his Brown... It's uh, Hayward, whoever's like feeling it, or whoever's kind of healthy for the night. Definitely go Drew Holiday. But if they, if they're looking to actually be in a team, like you know, an actual traditional five, you know, all the positions on the court yes. kind of team, I think they need to keep Kemba and move one of the other, one of the three forwards. Um. It, well, it's I not... think I think real quick. I think they need to get rid of Hayward either way. Oh, okay, that's fair. <laughs> but go keep going. Um. Then, if they get rid of Hayward either way, I think the direction is: what are we doing with the forwards? Is hey is Tatum our guy? Are we building around Tatum because he had one really, really, really good year and he's played good the other two years? Then yes, 
we need just someone to bring Tatum the ball and play good defense and be ready to score when he can catch it on, you know, low shot clock, just drop. Because Drew is really just a, I'm going straight to the basket or I'm taking an open three. It's like, it's one or two things for Drew. He's not really an ISO guy. Yeah, um, so he is when forced, and that's kind of the, he's obviously not as good as Kemba at it. Right. But he's capable. He's capable, but I think that's part of the reason why he's not fitting the same on the um, Pelicans. Why he's not fitting their direction, I should say. Because I think they they probably do need someone who is more uh, ISO related because they have a lot of guys who should just be score when I can, not score when I want to. And Kimba's a score when I want to kind of guy. I mean, we already know that about him. Yeah. Um, so I think it is. it just comes to their direction. If they are looking for... Uh, to make Tatum or Brown these like this two-headed go-to guys like uh you know into the game they both have 25 kind of team then I think they should go with Drew for sure because using keeping Kemba yeah just to be out there just to maybe score 15 points a game is just t- is a waste or it's it's, it's like it's like he's a problem because he won't take the scoring pressure off Tatum. Right. Where it's like he shouldn't have to necessarily every time. Right. Tatum should be taking the scoring pressure off him sometimes. Exactly. Yes. And I think I don't think that's ever a problem with Drew. I don't think he's just not the kind of guy that needs to. He just does everything well. Not great. I don't think he does anything great, but he does everything well. So he's steady for them. And that's that's all they need, I think. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it comes to the direction. I don't, I don't know if they're going to trade Hayward or not, but I am curious to see what they get for him. If they do. My thing is, I think they have to go in the f- first direction. You said they have to go into what uh, Tatum, the Tatum as the and star? Brown as a two headed monster. Yeah. Because then if you don't do that to me, you, you, you kind of freeze one of their developments significantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't really, I don't think they can maximize both of them when it's kind of like a team oriented attack. Yeah. And I do think they could be successful doing that, mm-hmm. but I would rather try to play through your two up and coming wings. I, I agree, but I don't know how they play through both uh both of them i think they had a really hard time playing through brown and i think when they play through tatum it's like i don't know if tatum knows how to be played through at this level it it look well that's how it looks um and they just like i said they just had a really hard time playing through brown when they wanted to my thing is for me i kind of see it a little bit differently because i think brown brown is is so He's such a like an, a dominant athlete as far as scoring goes mm-hmm. that he doesn't have to be played through very often. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. So the balance hypothetically would obviously be playing more through Tatum, but Brown could often have bigger scoring nights because you know he's getting easier shots. Right. Brown is that accelerated role player to me, 
and I, I think he's really good, but he's a 25-point-a-game role guy, is, I guess is how I would say, because I think that's what he's capable of. Um, but I, I just don't know, do they... I don't know if they make it um, work because that that's what we thought he would be this season. And I don't think, I don't think Kimba stifled that part of Brown's game at all. It just didn't. I, I honestly, I, I wasn't like, I don't think Brown took a step back this year. No, he didn't take a step back. He just didn't go anywhere where we, where it looked like he would step forward and it, I don't see why they didn't have the two-headed monster this year. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, and it didn't seem like that falls back to what you're talking about with their direction. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I think it has to be a full team, a full organization choice to do what we're talking about the right way. And, and the roster, and this is where, like you said, their their roster has to buy into that. Yeah. That's one thing. Like. They, they got to be able to rein Smart in when he, like, tries to be the number one guy. Mm-hmm. Because then, like, Smart is kind of going for option two while Tatum and Brown are trying to be option, you know, the, the dynamic duo. Right. And, and Smart is kind of like, well, you know, I'm eating, so why don't we just spread it around? Right. And then they fall back to the same limitation they've had. They they don't have enough to spread around. Now, do you think they do you think they could be a spread around team after this trade? I mean, well, either before the trade or after the trade, if they if they made an organizational decision to be so. That's tough, man. Because I don't. the The, the big question is how Tatum is going to progress. Right. Uh, and how confident are they in him? Mm-hmm. Because they can't... They've kind of been waiting for Tatum to answer that for them. Yeah. And I think he hasn't done that. Like, while Brown... Brown is further along where Brown's like, look, I'll fit in either style. I will get my buckets. I'm not going to hold the ball too long. Uh, and I'm obviously going to play at both ends. Mm-hmm. But Tatum is a guy who I don't know if he could fit in that team style. Right. Because he's a guy who's we, we see, like, him as a spot-up shooter is kind of messy. And that is that is the ultimate crossroads for me. Do you, do you, um, did you ever see the Raptors play, like, when uh, T-Mac was there? Uh, in With a couple Vince? of hardwood classics. I think two. Well, this team reminds me a lot of that team. And I, you know, I was young watching it, but obviously I have seen the the throwbacks, but it's like Tatum is the Vince on the team where it looks like some nights he can just do everything. But you have this other guy who's an athletic beast who all of a sudden can explode for these crazy amount of points, but he's playing like the you know, second fiddle to this other guy. And they're cousins in real life, weren't they? Yeah. Yes. And then you had, um, I, I want to say it was Stoudemire on that team. Or, Damon, yeah, I think yeah. it was, yeah, it was Stoudemire who also was like a, he was an elite scorer for his size at the time, which is where I, I kind of put Kimba in this situation. 
And they had an undersized big who was Antonio Davis, I think. He was only like six eight, and he was a like elite rebounding center. Yeah, good two K player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that team, it was like T Mac, his sensational performances would step on the rest of the team because it meant that no one else was getting what they do doing what they do best when he played well. And I think Brown, because of how he plays, he falls into that sometimes. Whereas, like, when Brown has 35, the rest of the team is, like, mediocre. And it's not because uh, Brown, like, just took over. It's because the fact that they use, if they had to use Brown, like, no one was playing good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if splitting them up is the answer, but... You know, like we talked about in the playoffs, it's just the Tatum thing. We got to figure out how to maximize Tatum and not blow the rest of the offense up. Yeah, that, that's why we talked about it after they got eliminated, that Stevens has a big year coming up. He does. Uh, but to me, the reason I, I like their the idea of them getting Drew is they, it gives them more flexibility if they stay exactly who they are. Because mm-hmm. like it, it Drew does. gives them, maybe he doesn't give them the Kemba shot making, but he gives them way better defense than Kemba gave them. Yeah. So it's just like a systematic fit. I think even if they continue to play the way they've been playing, kind of trying to mold the two styles together. Yep. Uh, I think Drew gives them a better option of making that work. Yeah, and Drew is someone who doesn't have to have anything in the stat book and still play well. Right. Now, let me ask you this. What if the trade is Hayward for Drew Holiday? Hayward and the two picks they have. Oh, I mean that. And they keep Kemba. Because it looks, from what I've been reading, I haven't seen Kemba's name in any of the trade talks for yeah. Drew. So it doesn't what, seem what, like, it also doesn't seem like Boston is interested in moving him. Right. So what do you think about that? How does that team look? I mean... Kimba drew at the one and two. Yeah, I mean, to me, at that point, Smart or Drew would have to take a significant step back. No, I, you think so? Offensively, yeah. Okay. Because I, no shot, no shot, Smart with Drew coming in, no shot that Smart like continues to get the volume of shots that he does. But that's that's my attraction to Drew. He doesn't he he doesn't need to. But but smart. It's not about whether he needs to or not. Smart is a guy who does it regardless. No, I'm saying Drew doesn't need doesn't need to like his step back doesn't hurt anybody. If Drew is the one taking the step back, then it could work. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm saying I don't even see it as a step back for Drew because it's just. Not a step forward, <laughs> right. I guess is but what Drew, I'm saying. We know like what kind of player he is, right? We and we know what he can be and what he doesn't have to be. It it's right. like there's no can't for Drew because he's just so steady. Is like not a lot of negatives for him on your team. So him being forward or back, I don't think is that bad. But it opens Smart to be, it opens them to have that six man that comes in and makes the full team energized defensively because when smart came in for 
Um, or Hayward. Oh, yeah, when Smart came in for Hayward, Kimba was still a defensive liability on the court, and Smart was running yes. around chasing all the guards. Yes. Now, if Smart comes in for Kimba, you have two elite guards in there where they can have a, all right, we, we're just playing D this quarter. Yeah. Or like they can have a, we're just going offensive this quarter and, you know, maybe Drew sits and is smart and, and Kimba or something like that. Where smart because always fill the second elite guard on defense. Yeah. It, honestly, man, it's almost like I wish, I wish smart was a little bit worse than he is. If that makes sense. No, I get that. Yeah. Like they're, it's just like some of their guys are too good to fit exactly what the Boston needs. Yeah. Uh, and then on the back line of that, you don't have anything like, you know, reliable as far as deep bench production. And we're still looking at what center they get, if they get one. Right. Um. Do you put any credence to Boogie Cousins coming back or no? Worthless? Uh, yeah, man, I got to see him, you know, play 40 straight games first. Yeah. I tell you what, those <laughs> those few games when he was healthy on the Warriors, he was a beast. Oh, yeah. I mean, it looked so easy. Like, he hadn't missed a step sometimes. Those That uh, that tap dunk they called back, I think. Was it a, a block or a tap dunk they called back in the playoffs? Um, whatever it was. He played great in the few minutes he played in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm confident he can come back and still be solid uh i i'm i'm curious to see what team he goes to though yeah i mean the clippers would be kind of od if if he could give them like 15 20 minutes for at least half the year yeah that would be that would be an attitude uh (laughs) that would be rough him with Kawhi and patrick beverly in the locker room i can't wait to see that (laughs) they gotta they gotta re-sign Montrez if that happens. Montrez and and Boogie would be OD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, tax every other game. <laughs> they'd lead the league in tax for sure. Easy. They they'd have Kawhi. Kawhi would start getting tax playing with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay. Anything else as far as? Basketball goes. The Thunder promoted their assistant. Tim Duncan is stepping down as assistant. Oh wow! I didn't. I didn't see that. Tim Duncan stepping down. Yeah, said he's no longer gonna be an assistant coach from full, not full time at least. Oh, okay. He's Tim Duncan's just a guy. I love him, man. He just does whatever he wants. Yeah, he does. He's such a. Yeah, he's. I miss him as a player too. I hope, I hope he does help continue develop some of their younger bigs. Yeah, me too. Yeah, but the Thunder, the Thunder promotion. Uh, I mean, I don't. Again, this is another assistant that we don't really know much about. Yeah, uh, but he's got that that Spolstra like fast uh, rise through the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and those, a lot of teams try that. Yeah. And I think it works a lot more often than than, than not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have a good, 
they have a good foundation in place where I don't again I don't think he could fuck it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see what he does. I mean, they got a ton of picks in the next you know four or five years. Yeah. So they could be a in in three years they could be a contender out of nowhere. You know. Yeah, and they're looking to move CP for more picks. Yeah, man. I, they're going to be very flexible with their roster the next couple years. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely intrigued. Uh, I think that's all I have for basketball. Yeah, we can you talk wanna... a little football. Yeah, well, you see any uh, any games, like special games? Or... I mean, I... Dude, I... So, I, I kind of... I watched the, the Ravens-Colts game. Yeah, me too. And then I chilled. I think you told me you were like, I'm chilling till it's the night game. Yeah. That's exactly what I did. I got ready. I was like, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to watch too much football so then I don't feel like watching the primetime game. After the, after the previous week's, like, garbage primetime lineups. Yeah. I was ec- ecstatic to see this. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> I mean, so you know. It's a bit early. <laughs> That that game was over in the first quarter. It was, yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know how you don't assign blame to Bruce Arians. Okay, explain. Uh, because what's the the theme for us? We always blame coaching when everything goes wrong. Yes. Like Tom Brady, Tom Brady doesn't bite on pump fakes and leaves receivers wide open. Right. Tom Brady doesn't let Drew Brees look mobile. <laughs> yeah. Tom Brady doesn't let Taysom Hill looks look like a man among boys. Look like Michael Vick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, speaking of, Michael Thomas looked like he was twice every Tampa Bay defender's size. Yeah, he did. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders looked quicker than everybody on Tampa Bay. The Saints looked like they had the most stacked receivers in the league yeah they do they look maybe ever (laughs) and with camara doing everything out there yeah uh, tampa bay make made them look like a well-oiled machine yeah they look like the you know 90s cowboys yeah and and i think (laughs) i think if tampa bay if they continue to do this and we get a playoff performance like this yeah bruce arians is gone wow gone gone I mean, what was what did we just watch? It was disgusting. Dude, you have you have Tom Brady. Let's just let me just think about it in casual football fan logic. I I'm I'm coaching the greatest quarterback ever. Maybe not the most like talented, but the greatest leader at quarterback ever. Probably the greatest game manager ever. Mm-hmm. And I got this. I got this. This receive this new weapon who used to be a superstar years ago. So Tom, you know what we're gonna do this game? We're just gonna throw it everywhere. Yeah. Every pass is gonna be a first down attempt. Uh, every design play is gonna take too long for Brady to have time to make it happen. Yeah. And we're gonna. <laughs> this is this is the best part. We're going to run the ball like three or four times. <laughs> right. <laughs> they got they got their gadget quarterback running the ball down our throats. 
Yeah. But where Tom, you gotta you gotta dig us out this hole. I mean, Fournette only had one carry. Dude, what? Right? What are you doing? Yeah. Like I was honestly, I was, I was in utter disbelief texting you during the game. I, I mean, I didn't. I had forgot Gronk even played. Dude, it, they made they made it look like Gronk should have stayed retired. At twenty seven. <laughs> how does how does a guy? Dude, they made it look like they made it look like Gronk and Brady had never played together. Yeah, they did. It was it just terrible, it was mind blowing. It's again. I, I compared it to the Packers. The Packers mm-hmm. lost, but they weren't trying to lose. Right. It honestly looked like Tampa Bay was throwing the game. Yeah. But it, it, that makes no sense because it's a division rival that you already lost to. Yep. And, and Bruce Arians to like to take subtle shots at Tom Brady for throwing picks. I right. thought, like, for, for for the team to be as awful as it was, you do not get to assign blame. Yeah. Bro, if if I'm in that organization at any level, player, coach, management, I'm embarrassed about that. Yeah, he throws three picks, but the other 15, you know, missed attempts were just garbage. We're I mean, it was, it was just... No one was getting open. No, because all the routes felt so long. Yeah. And and Tom really should have had way more sacks than he did. Yeah. He's just, you know, that good of a player to not get sacked every time. He should have had more picks than he did. Yeah. Dude, that was... I I was just so ashamed at watching a team do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just—it it was completely mind blowing. It—it ruined my my desire to watch football for a little while. I'm not gonna lie. That's tough. And I was looking forward to the the game yesterday yep. because I was just impressed with what I saw from the Colts, and they clearly lived up to it. Yep. Uh, but that that Sunday night game really killed my my football mood. Yeah, me too, man. It really did. That's a good way to put it. Um, <laughs> I don't really have, other than that game, I don't really have a lot to say about the other games. I caught the Dolphins and Cardinals. That was a pretty good battle. Yeah, man, I liked Um, I saw the highlights. Tua looks good. Yeah, he does. He does. Giants finally caught a dub. Good dub. Well, not really. Almost was, blew it. Yeah. Uh, that's. I mean, that's really it, I guess. I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of rooting for the Cowboys. <laughs> nah, I mean, it, that um, what's the quarterback they start his name again? Gilbert. Gilbert. He looked okay. Yeah, I wasn't mad at it. Yeah, for, uh, especially to play the Steelers. Yeah, I, I hate to keep killing Zeke, but bro, Zeke, it's not just the other running backs around the league running circles around you. You got the yeah. backup running back who's starting to look like he's better than Zeke. I know. It's crazy. It's not a good look, man. No, it's not. Nope. Uh, Josh Allen was working the Seahawks. Yeah. Working. Yes. Um, I mean, I don't have anything to add to that, but... 
That, that was incredible. A yeah, it was. It was. I mean, they just chilled to let the Seahawks catch another, you know, do a couple more touchdowns. They were done. Yeah. Um, I think, well, what did you think about the Baltimore-Indiana game? Uh, Baltimore, like, Baltimore's a weird, like, warm-up team. Like they look like mean? they're oh, oh, yeah, yeah. they okay. look like they need a warm up to get into the game. Yeah, they do. Now their defense like they they their defense is that weird mix of they're not that good but they get turnovers. Mhm. So they kind of offset their mistakes a lot of the time. Yeah. Tampa Bay was doing a good job of that prior to this weekend too. Mhm. Uh They're really active. Yes, they they yeah. don't seem like that skilled or like elite. Yeah. But they're just there, right plays. They make the right plays. But their passing game is not getting better. No, it's not. Uh, and like Lamar, Lamar really I still can't figure out if Lamar just can't read defenses. Right. Because it's too often he's doing like that Trubisky thing of, oh, my first option's good. I'm going to make a good throw there. Mm-hmm. Like every time they struggle, it's when... Lamar has to make quick decisions as, as being like a, a leader for them. Yeah, and see that seems like a change though, because last year it seemed like it was more on the fly than it does this year. Yeah, I think teams have teams have been more committed to stopping their run game. Yeah, so they've been forced to pass a little bit more than they probably want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's just to me, it's still. It still looks stiff. Their their passing attack. Yeah. And the Ravens at times, they put him in a tough spot because they kind of expect him to be like Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. where it's like, dude, you got to be mobile, but you got to make great decisions while being mobile. Right. That's that's a tall task for a quarterback. Yeah. And you're seeing, I mean, Wilson has been running for his life more and more, and and. On cue, making more mistakes the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Baltimore, they are they do seem predictable. That's their like big concern. Yeah, you know I, I think the way they play, they're not just predictable, but they're easy to force into the game you want them to play. Yes, and that's dangerous for a contending team. You never want to be that. I think what they're doing is, um, you know, they're squeezing the pocket tight so Lamar stays in there and does have to make a pass. So he doesn't have so much room to, you know, run and look and look around so much and be, um, you know, such a triple threat as he was before. Uh, So maybe that's it. And also, I mean, this game, they just look so much younger than the Colts. To me. Yeah, the and, second half they looked like they had an, an extra gear, and the Colts just didn't. Yeah, the Colts just looked like an aged, uh, tired team. Um, and I mean they're not old. Rivers is old, but the rest of the team is not old. But they looked old for some reason. Yeah, man, I, they just I, look slow. I do like the Colts have a lot of like good weapons. Yeah, they do. They have that like first round tight end that they just got who looks really good. Yeah, which one? Mo uh, Ali Cox? I can't remember his name at all. 
Oh, okay. But there was another guy too, Pittman, I think. Yeah, Pittman, yeah. Uh Pittman looked really good. He looked like a he looked like a consistent mismatch. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Rivers, we know what Phillip Rivers is. Uh, I mean, there's nothing to debate there. Right. He's going to he's going to send them home early because they, I think they will make it to the playoffs. Mhm. But they're just like they you know, if your quarterback is limited, you're you're a limited team either way. Yep. yep. One thing, dude, it's frustrating to watch the NFL this year because I, I was I thought the Chiefs maybe have like peaked as far as how good they are. Yeah. And I thought some of the the other contending teams would take steps closer to the Chiefs. Uh-huh. Uh, and where I thought it would be a little bit more even, there'd be a little bit more competition in the AFC. Obviously, the NFC is going to be exciting. Um, and I was wrong. The Chiefs look just night and day better than everybody. Yeah, they do. Uh, the fact that they're getting more and more versatile as other teams seem to be getting more and more limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I... I'll call it right now. I think the Chiefs are going to have an easy time getting another ring. I I think that's fair to say. The, the Chiefs have, I mean, they show sometimes that they can just, now, you know, opposite to the Ravens, the Chiefs can, can play any way you want them to play and yes. still beat you. Yes. Like they, I mean, how many yards did they get? Just 30 rushing yards? And had, you know... Uh, thirty-three points. Yeah, and and the flip side, they beat the Bills a couple weeks ago, mostly running the ball. Right, exactly. So it's like, you know, whatever you want, they got it. And yeah. Mahomes, I mean, we already know how that goes. Dude, that play, that that play they ran in the end zone of him like going one way as he's catching the snap. Yeah, and then flipping back. Oh, that was just that was beautiful. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he has to be fun to play with, man. Oh. Fun, fun, fun. They, they just look better and better every time I see them. You know, and I've noticed this my whole life. I've never, you know, growing up, I wasn't, as far as watching football, I wasn't a football fan. But I always noticed the teams who have the most fun are the most successful teams. Yeah. And the Chiefs have fun every night. Yeah. You know, so much fun. That's what the Ravens used to have. Yeah. They're yeah. kind of getting away from that a little bit. They are. Yeah. I mean, you've seen it when the Giants were at the top of their game. They were having fun. Um, You know, when the Patriots were at the top of their game, they were having fun. It, it's just, you can see it. You can see the difference between having fun with his, with the team and, like, working every night. And it's like a job yeah. for some of these teams. Yeah. Yep. Um, you got anything else? Uh, for football, no. But the did you see the the baseball GM for the Marlins? No, what happened? First female. Oh, okay. Uh, the name. Oh, dude, I had it pulled up. I lost it. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, Kim. N N G. Is that right? Yeah, I don't know where. I don't know. Oh, it's pronounced Eng. Kim Eng. Okay. Yeah, congratulations, Kim Ang. That is that is awesome, man. First women's GM. 
That's awesome. Really awesome. And, and really, I like really that awesome. she's like, she's worked for the organization. So she clearly, uh, as soon as that hiring process started, she was a genuine candidate. Yeah. 30 years season experience, three yeah. World Series rings, eight postseason appearances as an executive, highest ranking woman in uh, Major League Baseball, and now the first woman to be a GM. That's awesome. Yeah, man, that, that cool. is the dream for a lot of uh, sports management majors, I got to say. Absolutely. Yep. And, you know, she did it the right way. Hard work. Yeah. Got it done. Be the most qualified. You know, you, I mean, there's no argument there. And that's something that I always like to see, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. Uh, let's see, what, what other sports is there to talk about? I don't think I have anything else. So. Yeah, man, let's get into some music. All right. Um, I'll play, play your gym real quick. Um, you know, going back to this Nectar album, it's a lot, it's a lot smoother, I feel like, than the first time. And maybe it's because it's familiar. He, he gets that familiar, um, yeah, that voice into you. But anyway, yeah, this is, uh, Mr. Hollywood by Joji. I just wanna lay right by your side 
can tell you all the rules I know I'm searching to Give me all your clues and things to guide me through The end of the world The end of the world That was Mr. Hollywood by Jody off of Nectar. All right, where do you want to start? What What did you listen to? I listened to Sam Smith, and I listened to Joyner Lucas. And I think that is all I listened to. Uh, hit me with Sam Smith first. I'm not going to lie. I, I had a, a pretty disappointing music weekend or music okay. week. Okay. Um. Sam Smith, uh, I'm going to make a wild comparison and it's, you know, I recognize it's super wild and let me explain it before I okay. uh, say it. Sam Smith is the new Elton John to me <laughs> and I'll, I'll put it this way. I don't think he makes music like Elton John. I don't think he's as talented as Elton John. Well, I take that back. I don't think he's as like weird as Elton John in a good way. But he has this way of making his songs feel epic to me. All his music, I feel like it's taking me somewhere like... He has this way to make the build-up in his songs feel like... Like I said, epic, I I guess. And the only other person who's done that for me is Elton John. And, you know, outside of the obvious other things, um, the subject matter in their songs. But um, he's found a way to be experimental with his music, with his beats. Because I think even, what was it, Latch? Was that his hit? Um, I don't know, man. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I think it was Latch. When that came out, the beat was weird. No one really understood, you know, what kind of music it was. Was he black? Was he white? He had this mystique to him that, I mean, obviously he abandoned since then because we know more about him now. But he has this versatility about his music that is really impressive to me. Um, now, I won't say I love this album, with that being said, I think a lot of the songs had a very uh, cookie-cutter kind of flow to them. They start off first two minutes, is or first minute and a half is him whispering, or him with like a, you know, almost acapella, maybe one instrument. Expected you know, based on what I've heard from him. Yeah, and then by the two-minute mark, now there's like a orchestra of music uh instruments in the background and now he's starting to hit higher notes and he's singing louder i mean that was on let's see 17 songs on here i would say that happened on at least 12 songs exactly like that no not at least at least 10 songs exactly like that okay um but then he hit me with some upbeat songs that were really nice the burner boy one was nice um the 
Diamonds was really good. Uh, Dance Till You Love Someone Else was really good. Um, I liked Love Goes a lot. I liked a lot of stuff on here, man. I really did. It was a good album. It was a good album. I don't love it because I don't like the, the same sound that he does because a lot of people do that. And it's become like a, I guess, a pop norm. Uh, but it was a good album, man. Okay. I would say it's a good album. I would I would recommend it. I would. You said 17 tracks? Yeah. I might sneak it in at some point before the end of the year. I'll say I will probably go back to five of them. But I wouldn't be surprised if off my third and fourth listen, I like more of them. Okay. Yep, that's it. Uh, I listened to, before we get into Joiner, because that's the one we both got... Yeah. Uh, I listen to NLE Choppa uh-huh. uh, from Dark to Light. Yeah. Uh, this isn't, is this a debut album? I don't think it is, right? No, I, I thought I heard something else from him earlier this year. Okay, well this is a debut for me with him. Uh-huh. I think I heard him in a feature here, but it really wasn't that often. Right. And I gotta say, I was pleasantly surprised with how good this album was. Yeah. It didn't, like, it, it's kind of, it's going to fade away because I've heard so much great stuff this year. Yeah. Uh, but this album at least did the one thing where it got me excited to hear him again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will definitely, I don't know if I'll go back to anything he did, but I'll definitely be on the lookout for what he does going forward. Uh, okay. I thought, I mean, 13 tracks was a perfect length. I thought yeah. he, he the rapping was consistently good. Uh, the bars were creative at times. Yeah, and, and he had flow versatility, mm, which okay. which I think is very important to make like a primarily hip hop album good. Yes, or maybe not. It doesn't need it to be good, but it it keeps it from getting stale. Sure. Yeah, uh, and I thought this album did a good job of. He tried to go for certain sounds that maybe he wasn't completely comfortable with, mm-hmm. uh, but he still wrapped his ass off on pretty much every song. Okay. Uh, and, and the standout for me was uh, he he kind of he did a little tribute to uh, Picture Me Rolling. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He kind of rapped over that beat the whole time, but but it was good, man. What is that? Picture Me Graping? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I like that one a lot, uh, and I thought Man Down was also really good. Okay. Uh, but this album is an easy listen. Like, it, it's a good casual hip-hop album. Uh, good up-tempo pretty much the whole way through. Okay, I like that. Definitely a, a, at least a one-listen one recommendation for me. Okay. Alright. What else you got? Uh, Joiner is the, the, the one we both got. I got Nav also, but... Oh, go ahead and hit me with the nav. Let's get that out of the way. Uh, or do you, is it worth talking about, really? Because we don't have to. Honestly, no. I mean, <laughs> it, it. I thought it sucked. I, I'm hearing a lot of people actually like it. That's uh, how nav has always been. And is, you know, he's, he has his cult following. <laughs> I, I don't know why. He has, dude, his rapping... Like, like he, when people criticize like hip hop music or when they used to do it a lot, it doesn't happen as much now, 
Mm-hmm. But when people had that issue with hip hop music kind of becoming generic and stale and just kind of the same shit. Yeah. He, to me, is the pinnacle of that. Explain. Like, yeah, he threw in a little auto-tune on his voice. But his rapping is like is like Ariana Grande level basic. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? Where it's just like yeah. random shit just to like rhyme words together. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't feel genuine in any way just because it, it just all feels like somebody kind of telling you what rap culture is like. Okay. Not, not saying he's like, not saying he's like a fraud or a phony or anything, but that's just what it sounds like to me. I gotcha. And this album, like I liked his last one earlier in the year. Uh-huh. Uh, and that one had versatility of, of kind of him trying to rap and, and sound differently. And this mm-hmm. one doesn't. That's good intentions you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This album doesn't have any of that. It's It feels like one fucking song. Mm. And his yeah. flow, dude, his flow feels the same literally in every song. <laughs> Emergency tsunami. <laughs> My God, this is, I don't know why he put this out. I mean, the little baby track was cool. Uh, uh-huh. Him and Young Thug obviously sound good together. Yeah. But this is like, listening to NLE Choppa, who was much better, and then listening to this, which sucked. Really, you remember you randomly gave Young Thug a lot of credit yeah. for influencing like a whole sound yeah. in music? Yeah. He, honestly, he doesn't get enough credit for that. Because <laughs> he definitely influenced now? It's, it's almost like every other week I listen to something random from hip-hop, it sounds like Young Thug. Yeah. I mean, NLE Choppa had a lot of elements of Young Thug his rapping was significantly better, but the sound had a lot of similarities. Right. And Nav is just, you know, he's he's an industry plant as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, that... that he's I mean, built when to is succeed. the weekend going to get some good people on his label? This, I, I think this album would have been much better if it had a ton of features. Mm, the beats were good? Yeah, the beats were fun. I mean, his beats never suck. Right. That's the thing. His he's, beats, like, anybody can rap on that. I feel like he's backed heavily as far as his funding. Because all his, every album I've heard from him sounds expensive. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. There's there's artists out there like Russ who do everything on their own and, and put put out fire. Yeah. And then Nav gives us, like, this generic-ass shit. Right. To me, this was... This was a chore to go back to. An Damn. utter chore. Okay. Well, let's right. talk about Joiner, man. I'm I'm curious to see your thoughts on this album. Uh <laughs> My thoughts are going to sound trash. But um So ADHD was highly anticipated. Uh you know, we listened to it, we talked about it. And, you know, I, I respect Joyner as a rapper, but I wasn't really feeling anything on there, on ADHD, me personally. Um, but this one, I gotta say, man, I felt a lot more passion in the rapping on this album. Not saying I, it was better, but I felt more passion. I felt more, uh, 
It just felt like he really wanted to make this, I guess. Not that he was pressured to. Um, but he still struggles with his song making for me. That's that's still, I think, my biggest issue with Joyner as far as his music goes is just he doesn't have a lot of songs you want to sing along to. He doesn't have a lot of songs I want to, like, bump in anywhere but just in my headphones alone kind of thing. Um, and I do have a, a really hot take on it, but I'll wait till after how you feel about it. I don't disagree with pretty much anything you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think you kind of understated. To me, this was, as far as song making goes... Mm-hmm. This album compared to H ADHD was like, like three massive steps back. <laughs> yeah. Th- this album, I hate to say it, but it's just boring. It is. It- it's boring. The songs, the songs drag. Like again, it's thirteen tracks, which nine out of ten times is perfect length for me. Yep. This shit felt long. Mm-hmm. Like. Every time there's a four four minute plus track, it dragged. Yeah. With the exception of On This Way, which for me was probably the best track. Yeah. Uh this album just is so boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, his rap and it's like normally I agree with you where I do respect him as a rapper, but this like his rapping was boring a lot of the time. You you know, uh <laughs> I'm gonna sound like a hater saying this, and I I probably sound like a hater to most people. Like nine out of ten times I, I talk about too, an I'm album, sure. he this album sounded like he was trying to sound like Eminem to me for a lot of this album. Like some of these songs, I could easily see like Eminem switching roles with him, and the song being very similar. Not that I mean I don't think Joyner is as good of a rapper. But it felt like a, like how this how this album progressed or didn't felt like a bad Eminem album to me. Like even the the songs with a lot of lyrics. Like I feel like, <laughs> you know, like in in TV shows and movies, someone will like say, "Oh yeah, you know, I have a small list of demands," and they get the list and it, like it folds out from behind yeah. and like drops all the way down to the floor. Yeah. That's how Joyner's lyrics are to me. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, how was, how long is the song? Oh, it's only four minutes. Oh, let me check out the lyrics. It's eight pages of lyrics. <laughs> uh, dude, I, you are a hater, man. Don't compare. I would not compare this to Eminem. I said a bad Eminem album. I know, I know. But to, to be fair, Eminem is much better at carrying with his lyrics Oh, for sure. Like, like night. He's a Hall of Famer at that. For sure. Yeah, he is. And he is. This album had none of that. No, it didn't. But it, it felt like he was trying to get that, and I didn't. Was he a, didn't was a succeed bad attempt, at all, man. Yeah, but I mean, he's in. Isn't he on Shady? He might be. I'm not sure. I mean, he's. It's not, he works with it Eminem. Felt like, a good amount. It felt like Eminem could have advised him on this album. That's how it feels. It felt like a coach. Who's coaching you to play like him, but you don't play like him at all? That's how it's, it sounded. You to know me. what? It, it felt like a coach who's trying to, like, warn you to not make all these mistakes. 
Yeah. So he kind of just like, he's just, all right, I'm a rap really well, but like, it's, I didn't feel anything about him in this album. Yeah. I, I, I get that. Like even in ADHD and some of the tracks, like you kind of felt, I mean, obviously will, which, you know, is a song on its own for as far as his catalog goes. Yeah. Uh, but will like kind of, you know, you, you get the sense of who his idol was growing up. It's a, he paints that picture he gives you these creative kind of references back to to his idol, how he viewed him. Yeah. There's, there's no creativity with any of the songs here. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, a lot of, this, this whole second half, he just comes on, he raps, he goes into some boring hook, then he comes back to rapping, or he drags it out, and there's, like, this weird long pause in between his verses... <laughs> and he doesn't really like he says all the same generic shit that every other rapper says it was very generic yes I yes mean, indeed they made like legend if if any other you know upper tier hip-hop artist made a song called legend with rick ross yeah it would be it would be at least like good Yeah, <laughs> and, and Legend on here was easily the biggest disappointment. I didn't think he used the features well at all on here. No, what? The, it might as well have not had any features. Yeah, and the game had to like sneak his <laughs> good verse in there. Yeah, it was like the song is so long. Where is he? <laughs> I said the exact same thing. I'm like, isn't the game on the song? <laughs> I had to look back oh at my, my phone. Like, Where's the game at? I didn't even, you know, you ever, like, I didn't even hear Elijah James on Like a River until I listened to it again. Yeah. Just because it was, like, so boring. So boring. And I yeah, thought, it was. Uh, like, why why make an extended version of Fall Slowly? Mm-hmm. Why? You're not, you didn't elevate the song in any way. I know, it didn't work the first time, it's not going to work this time. <laughs> it, I, uh, the reason why I said I feel like he wanted to do this, because it does it does seem like it is his natural pocket as far as rapping. Yes. And he is talking like just boasting stuff, but it, you know, it's not a lot of, like you said, there's no uniqueness. Like nothing is unique about this at all. No, I'm, I'm going to forget about this within the next several days. I forgot about it before I listened to it. Yeah. Dude. And evolution, <laughs> by the way, you remember what I said with Ariana? I forgot the track, but I was like, the the one beat like lobbed it up perfectly for her, and, and she just it whiffed it. Yeah, Evolution was the exact same thing. Yeah, for, I agree. That beat, that beat was like, like it wasn't again, it wasn't Will type of beat, but it was like that creativity. Yeah, and he did nothing with it. Yep. And honestly, it's a perfect setup for the rest of this album. Yep. Because he just gets these lobs. You know what he does with every track on here? He catches the lob and he lays it in. Yeah. That's what he does. And, and a couple times, I think with Snitch, he missed it. Uh, I think with... Honestly, Like a River, I think he missed it. Yeah. Well, like it hung on the rim for a second. Yeah. Uh, but it just there's all layups here, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, th- I guess that's it. That's all I have to say. I hated Snitch, by the way. Yeah, Snitch was just terrible. It was. He, it was he, he straight backboarded that one. I felt like he was trying to make a statement, and he just didn't at all. Nah. Alright, uh, anything else? Any other music? Uh, we just have a lot of stuff to get to this. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of stuff. I mean, we're gonna get hit hard with this free agency. Uh, a ton of stuff is gonna happen in a short time span. And and that's when is the eighteenth? Uh, I believe so. I'm not sure. Okay. I know the draft is like right in the same time frame. Oh, I think the draft is first. I think the draft is the 18th. Yeah, and then two days later. Yeah, yeah, 20th, yeah. That's going to be a wild time. Yeah, it is. I'm excited, though. I'm excited. You you hear any of these new singles? No, what am I missing? (laughs) Nothing, to be honest. Oh, no. I mean, Kid Ink keeps putting out singles. But I don't know... If they're not good, I don't want to hear them. Yeah, why is he so either fire or complete garbage? Like, there's no in-between for him. I don't know, man. I've I've been waiting for him to emerge, and he just hasn't. Yeah, I wonder what happened. I mean, he just completely fell off. I I think he actually uh, left his label left RCA or whatever and oh, now okay. he's doing everything out of his own pocket so that could explain yeah it's always it's always a uphill battle yeah yep um all right well we'll take a break here uh i got a gym this is choose you by uh Jalian and Jeff Vila Luna Thinking about life, yeah. You the only one I want a wife for. Why you got your hands up trying to fight for? Women get mad and turn psycho. Always gotta be right though. 700 on a FICO. No, I can't even be mad for real. That's why I love your ass for real. Up and down like a roller coaster. I'm with you, so I'm never jumping. All these years, baby, you should know that That we ain't doing all this work for nothing Oh, we'll never lose I'm loving all these rendezvous As for life, that's so hella cool No, I can't let go, that's why I chose you Over and over again Over and over again, yeah That's why I chose you Juice. Let me take some, way too cold, we be on our own shit Swear I'd rather be with you than alone, yeah Mix, 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 you never bore me One day it's all good, then you ignore me Still I know that you the only woman for me, yeah And that's why I chose you Over and over again Over and over again, yeah That's why I chose you 
Jeff talk to him. Let's go. That was Choose You by Jalian and Jeff via Luna. Uh, okay, so done with music. You said you haven't really watched anything? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yep, I don't think I've seen anything new. Um, I started actually watching uh, Hellstrom. I think it's on Hulu, and that's pretty cool. Um, demon possession kind of show. Those get old sometimes, but characters are pretty good on here. Um, I enjoy it. Uh, I watched a movie called The Black Box, and it's with the guy. Have you seen on Netflix that like wine movie? The black dude wants to be. The wine taster or whatever. Wine expert. Have you seen that? Oh, well, that's the only other movie I know this guy's in. That's what, that's all I was saying. But uh, The Black Box is really, 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 really good. I liked it a lot. I would recommend it for sure. Um, I'm not sure where to find it. I mean, you know, where you find movies now, that's where I saw it. So, uh the wife from the Cosby show was in there. Felicia Rashad. Uh, she's probably the only other big actor that was in there. But, um, yeah, one of those B movies that ended up being really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, zombie movies are tough because they do have to make it creative, or else. Yeah, and how many ways can you do it? You know. All right. Um, 
Anything else? Any shows, movies you're looking forward to other than Mandalorian? I guess no movies are coming out, really. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's that. All right. Well, we'll get out of here. Uh, we'll be back earlier in the week next week. Uh, talk about some of these albums Future and Uzi, Two Chains. Uh, yeah. You got anything else? Okay. Yeah, I'll have something random too, for sure. Maybe Lecrae. Maybe. All right. Uh, for my throwback, this is a remix of um a maroon five song off of the legendary uh songs about jane this is uh secret the premiere five remix Watch the sunrise, say your goodbye.